Welcome to the Strike Mash Boil podcast presented by the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club. Welcome back to Strike Mash Boil. I'm Marco, president of Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, and I'm joined by my co-host, Phil. Hey, Marco. uh, Today we've got a special quick episode. It's getting close to Christmas, and we decided to come up with a list of our favorite homebrew items uh, under $100 and a couple splurge items over $100 uh, for you homebrewers out there. So let's jump right in. Yeah, so joining us uh, is Vice President TJ uh, and Secretary The Doc, Nick Greiner. Guys, uh, we've put together our own list of three items under $100, and we have one splurge item over 100 bucks. So let's go through the list, and uh, let's talk about what you picked and why you picked it. Uh, so we'll start with our number three item uh, at $100 or under $100. Uh, what are you guys recommending? Yeah, Nick, you're up. Under 100 number three. Sure. So, I mean, it's a tough choice because there are a lot of great tools out there for the home brewer, and it really depends on sort of your skill level. Um, I chose ones that were more for, I guess, intermediate or advanced brewers. Uh, so my first one is actually uh, the proper starter cans. So basically these are just um, beer cans that are full of starter wort um, that you can just pitch into a flask and pitch your yeast in and create a starter just like that. So um, it doesn't require any kind of um uh, adding DME to water, boiling it, cooling it down, adding it in. Um, you can just throw the contents of the can in, throw the yeast in, and get stirring. And it's, I think it's it's a really convenient thing for the, the busy homebrewer out there. Excellent. All right, TJ, you're up. Actually, uh, mine builds right on top of Nick's. I, I, I picked a deluxe yeast starter kit from uh, More Beer. Uh, it's running in... Um, Below a hundred, but pretty steep at sixty nine ninety nine. I like to kind of ask for a little bit too much sometimes, maybe. But uh, this way, I I brew a lot of different people's houses, and I'm always making them do the yeast starters. And my 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 idea was to to get my setup at home so I can kind of build the cells and, and and do some of the front end work and not feel like such a freeloader. <laughs> All right. My number three item, uh, you know, it's something that I, I use on every single brew day. I actually have two pairs, uh, one for me and one for whoever comes to uh, help me out on a brew day. That's the Blickman Brewing Gloves. Uh, those things are awesome, whether you're cleaning, uh, emptying out a mash ton of, uh, of uh, hot grain, um, dealing with, uh, you know, say you got a hop spider or something like that and you drop it in your wart. I want to reach into your hot boiling wart, but, uh, definitely if you got the steam there going, it's, you know, those gloves are, uh, those gloves are a savior. All right, Marco, you're next. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, you know, I think about some of the things when I started brewing early on, uh, that have, um, you know, made my brew days or in this case, my bottling days a lot easier. And um, when you're new to brewing, uh, you quickly realize how some things that you loathe in the brewing process. And for me, one of them was bottling day. Um, You know, when you make the leap to kegging, uh, you know, bottling day becomes a lot easier. You're transferring into one vessel and you're done. Uh, But when you're actually uh, transferring to bottles and your bottle conditioning, uh, anything that you can use that makes it easier for you, uh, is what I'm going to suggest, which is uh, one of those uh, 
bottle drying trees uh, and it has um, set up on the top of it a, a, a pump where you can uh, get your sanitizing mixture in and basically sanitize your bottles really quickly throw them on the rack um, and while you're doing your other stuff they're draining and drying and they're uh, sanitized uh, and that just makes it really easy to get through uh, what i find to be just a miserable day when you're going into 12 ounce bottles especially because a five uh, five gallon batch is 50 bottles and uh, becomes a real tedious uh, painful effort uh, so yeah bottle drying tree you can get them on midwest supplies about 30 bucks uh, and totally worth it uh, when you're trying to increase your efficiency and make things a little bit easier during bottle days take the leap up to kegging you won't regret it but uh, in this case uh, you'll you will never I, i've never regretted using and buying a, a bottle tree all right number two on our list of things under 100 dollars. nick well hey well, real quick phil i'm gonna jump in really quick i, I sure. wish we we were we're giving all of this info unsolicited uh, so, you know, nobody's point. paying us to share these these ideas. We're uh, sharing them because we want it to be as helpful for folks as possible. Um, but any any of these uh, products that we're plugging, like, hey, I hope you guys are listening. We're, we're searching for sponsors, so come on down. Uh, but for those that are listening, uh, this is all unsolicited uh, product sharing that we just hope helps you guys out. Thanks for the uh, for the plug there, Marco. All right, Nick, what's your number two? Yeah, so my number one is it's called the clear drought system uh, or clear beer drought system. And this is a really, really cool thing. Uh, oftentimes, if you're dry hopping in your keg or if you're keg conditioning or maybe you spunded the keg and you have a yeast cake at the bottom, most kegs, their dip tube goes all the way down. And that's where it, it pulls the beer from as you pour it out of your faucet. Um, that can be a real issue if you have hops in there. It can clog the dip tube. Um, if you have a lot of sediment at the bottom, then you're always going to be pouring cloudy beer. So what this does, this little tool, um, it actually replaces your dip tube with a floating dip tube. Basically, it's, it's a tube along with a, a floating ball. And so the, the beer that is pulled from the keg is actually coming from the top of the keg and not at the bottom. So this allows you to dry hop. Um, you, you allow them to sink down, um, and it'll pour off clear beer every time. It's a really cool tool. It's about 55 bucks. There's also a little stainless steel screen, I think 400 microns, um, that will give additional filtration, uh, for anything that's floating around in, in your beer. Um, it's a really cool tool. Um, highly recommend it for those who, uh, keg and, uh, those really hoppy beers and those that are dry hopping in the keg. Awesome. All right, TJ, you're up. Number two. I swear this wasn't planned, but my number two is uh, <clears throat> a hop spider, which is also 400 microns. And uh, <laughs> the reason I want this is because uh, I'm actually surprised that m me and my brew partner, Carl, do not have one of these, mostly because I think we like to go raw dog and throw the hops right in. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, – <laughs> is that okay to say? Sorry. Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, it's something that I've been meaning to get for, like, when you don't have, like, a lot of hops, like, um, y you know, you're not really looking to get extract a lot of hops into a beer, you know, and you, you don't want to deal with having to strain out, you know, one, two ounces at the end. I feel like it would kind of transfer in and, and, and do its job pretty effectively. Um, so that's, that's my number two. Awesome. Yeah, I, I have a hop spider. I, I love it. 
All right, my number two. I'm gonna go with uh, a. I'm gonna go with kind of what Marco was talking about for, but for our uh, keg washers out there, or keg people out there, keg washer. Um, so whether it's the Mark Two uh, keg or carboy washer or the new fast washer rack, um, get yourself one of those. Help uh, um, you know automate some of your uh, cleaning. Uh, I, I think uh, we all know that cleaning is something that we do more than actual brewing and enjoying the beer. So anything you can do to get rid of that. Um, I just bought the fast washer rack a couple, um, about two months ago or so. I've used it a few times and uh, I, I don't know why I've been brewing 10 years and I haven't had a keg washer before. Um, I, I don't understand that. That thing is amazing. Yeah, oddly enough, I, I still don't have one. Do that shit by hand, which I, you know, you know, I was talking earlier about things that I loathe doing. Put that on the top of my list: washing yeah, you, kegs without a keg washer. Fifty-five bucks, man. Uh, this list is actually going to work out pretty good for me, I think. Yeah. All right, Marco, you're number two. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, going back to my original thoughts here, it's it's how to become a better brewer, and um, you know, I, I suggest one of the things that took me from I'm making, you know, consistently decent beers to really feeling good about the beers that I'm making was uh, getting my water tested and knowing what my uh, base uh, molecular structure for my water was uh, to be able to uh, really enhance uh, targeted styles that I'm going for. Uh, so um, I number two for me is a Ward's Lab water test. Uh Get them for about 40 bucks on Wards Lab's uh, website. And it's going to give you uh, basically the breakdown of everything that's in your water. And you, you pair that up with something like a brew and water sheet. And it's really going to guide you uh, in your uh, additions to really hit those target styles that you're going for. Uh, and you'll notice a huge difference when you start playing around with water. You're trying to make New England IPAs. If you don't know what's in your water, uh, it's going to be hard to get some, you know, some of the key characteristics of the mouthfeel and and um, and some of the aromas that you get from the beer. Uh, so this is uh, an easy forty bucks to spend. And again, Bruin Water Sheet is free online. Plug in all your inputs, uh, plug in the targets, fill out the sheet. It's really simple to use, and then you'll just see a huge leap. Uh, in um, how well you're executing on your beers. All right. Before we get to our number one on the list, uh, if you like what you've been hearing on our show, uh, hit that subscribe or follow button uh, so you can get updates weekly on our new releases. Make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram at Strike Mash Boil and follow our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash MVHBC. And now our number one picks for homebrew gifts under $100. Nick. Yeah, so my, my last one, certainly not least, is the Tap Cooler Counter Pressure Bottle Filler. So I actually bought this right before COVID happened with the purposes that I would use it to bottle beers for competitions. And, well, you know, as we know, that didn't happen because of everything with COVID. But needless to say, um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm very eager to using it. Um, I've tried it a few times. It works amazing. So basically what it is, it's exactly how it sounds. It's a, it's a counter pressure filler that actually goes right into your forward 
uh, sealing faucets. So um, instead of using a, a beer gun, which can be very cumbersome and you have to clean it every time, you have to take it out and make all your connections. This you literally stick into your, your faucet. Um, it has a little spout that goes into the bottle itself. It, it seals while it's filling. And um, optionally, there's actually um, a slot where you can uh, hook up CO2 either directly through a tube or what I did is I got a, a ball lock adapter um, so I can just connect up my CO2 with a ball lock and um, be able to flush the bottle before filling it and then easily capping it. So um, it's it's really nice, not really nice, uh, uh, high quality materials that were used. Um, it's about eighty dollars. Um, but it, it's awesome. I think it's super convenient to use compared to a, um, a beer gun and will be able to create or be able to produce some really quality bottles for competitions that are, uh, will not be oxidized. Um, so I'm really looking forward to using it in 2021. TJ, you're up. So my last one, number one, is uh, a stainless steel siphon. And I'm really on that line because I'm going to have to go with a basic kit to, to stay under 100 because it's about 99.95 for the basic kit. <laughs> the, uh, the complete kit's about 139.95, but uh, I'm going to go basic on this one. And it just it's, it's really cool. Uh, I've seen a couple of them now in action i'm kind of jelly about them they're, they're really really nice yeah and it's uh i think the brand is brew siphon with three s's and i think tj the brew siphon alone is 80 bucks the kit has a few extra bells oh. and whistles the basic kit has a few extra bells and whistles and mm-hmm. then the complete kit has like brushes and clips and and all that jazz i have you one right oh, i man. have one it is awesome like literally taking that step up to being able to you know sanitize it and clean it really thoroughly and not worrying about junk with plastic it's uh definitely worth that step up my big thing on it was being able to clean it hot water yeah and not worrying about cracking the glass a lot of people don't know that and they're you look at their siphons and their the plastic's all cracked and spider webbed um been there yeah oh yeah all right, my uh, my number one thing is uh, scales, uh, grain scale, and a precision uh, scale for measuring out water additions or hops. You know, once you uh, start buying grain in bulk, you got to have a way of weighing it out and trying to use your kitchen scale at five pounds at a time or or ten pounds at a time, whatever it is, um, just doesn't work. And then that grain scale doesn't have the resolution to get you down to like one or two grams for your water additions. So uh, I like Anvil's uh, grain scale. It's 70 bucks. It has a detachable screen on a, on a cord. So you can get that up at head height. So you, you're not like trying to look down around a bucket or something. And then I got this neat little uh, 200 gram pre- uh, precision jeweler scale on uh, Amazon for 15 bucks. Um, not specific to brewing. If you do go to uh, brewing websites and look at precision scales, they are pricey. Just go get a jeweler scale on Amazon. They're, they're a lot cheaper, and most of them come with a little, uh, little like 100 gram calibration weight. All right, Marco, what's your number one? Yeah, so sticking to my theme of just brewing better beer, a uh, really common mistake that a lot of new brewers or even um, you know uh, apprentice brewers make is not getting enough oxygen in their wort uh, before pitching yeast. Uh, so I'm suggesting that uh, you, you go out and get yourself an oxy wand kit. 
which is basically a delivery system of O2 uh, into wart. And it comes with an oxygen stone, a wand, uh, has your hose, and a connection. The only thing missing when you uh, are buying the OxyWan kit is an oxygen tank, the little red tanks that are uh, reverse threaded. Uh, so for about 60 bucks on basically all of the major uh, homebrew supply shops, uh, you can get yourself one of those and then you can buy oxygen tanks at any local hardware store. Uh, and honestly, it makes a huge difference uh, for the viability of yeast and getting your yeast to really take off when you have the proper amount of oxygen uh, in your wart prior to pitching. Uh, so, you know, a lot of folks depended, and, and I did early on too, in just splashing around the ward or mixing it vigorously with a spoon. And uh, that definitely only goes so far and you're, you're not getting nearly as much oxygen as you need in there. Uh, so making that small investment for, you know, about 70 bucks with a tank, uh, you it make a huge difference in, in how your uh, beers are kicking off fermentation. All right. So that was our uh, top three picks from each of us on uh, Christmas homebrew gifts under $100. We're going to give you a splurge gift from each of us over $100. This is the one you want to go tell your wife about. Uh, so she'll uh, spring for it for you. So splurge gift over 100 bucks. Nick, what do you got? Yeah, so one, mine is one that I, I really enjoy. I bought it one or two years ago, and I use it uh, every brew day. Um, I think it's really beneficial for me. So that is the tilt hydrometer. So this is a sort of a free-floating digital hydrometer and thermometer that allows you to continuously get real-time uh, measurements of the work gravity as well as the temperature. Um, and so it's, it's a really cool device. Um, you basically just throw it in, throw it into your wart and then it can connect through your iPhone your Android or even a raspberry Pi device. And it just continually monitors and, uh, uh, kind of shoots out the data into, um, uh, Excel spreadsheets or, uh, Google sheets, whatever you want to use. Um, so it's really cool. And it, you're able to, to kind of draw graphs. It's kind of nerdy. You can kind of see how the, the gravity uh, goes down as, as time goes. And, um, one, I mean, I use it for every brew day anyway, just so I know that there's fermentation happening. I don't need to continuously check uh, my hydrometer um, or continuously check to look inside. Um, it tells me exactly what, how fermentation is going, um, and you can look at the chart and see how fast it's going. I specifically use it for loggers, though. So what I like to do with my loggers, I like to um, naturally carbonate them in the kegs uh, with a spunding device. So when I see, when I know or have an a general idea about what my finishing, finishing gravity is. And if the beer is within three or four points of that finishing gravity, I will transfer from the fermenter to the keg, add a spunning device on and allow it to finish up. And uh, as it's finishing up, it also will carbonate the beer a little bit with a spunding valve to make sure, you know, it doesn't blow up. Um, and then I'll, you know, throw it in, into, into the keyser. And I have a naturally carbonated lager that can sit there and lager for, you know, a few weeks, a couple of months, whatever, and then it's ready to go. Um, so that's, that's, I think that's a huge benefit for me. If you're trying to, to do natural carbonated uh, lagers in the keg or even the bottles, um, it's really hard to know what the final gravity is unless you're taking continuous uh, readings, uh, which can lead to oxidation issues um, and just a real pain in the ass. So I think the hydrometer, uh, the tilt hydrometer is a really great tool to use. Um, it's about, what's the price? Like it's like $200, I think. Well, they're like one, 140 or so. 140. Okay. I guess it's been a while. Um, I guess the only downside is I would be a little bit careful on, I wouldn't take the readings too seriously. Um, I, I don't find them to be super accurate. Um, 
it's more about um, ballpark. Knowing, yeah, it's a ballpark and knowing what the rate is, knowing that you're seeing fermentation, it gives you an idea about where you're at. Um, so yeah, that, that's my splurge item. I think it's a really cool tool. It's been around for quite a while. There's a lot of support behind it. Um, I don't think there's really a worry about it being discontinued and you'll never be able to use it again like a lot of these tools that, that exist nowadays. Um, this one has a lot of um, credibility and I, I highly recommend it. All right. Uh, TJ, what's your splurge gift? My splurge gift is the Anvil Foundry. Uh, it's a six and a half gallon all-in-one electric brewing system with pump. Uh, I just, I, I don't get to brew a lot right now due to COVID because of the fact that I brew at different people's houses and, you know, we've had a lot of instances, uh, especially now where contract tracing is making it impossible to get together. And, uh, I'm kind of getting depressed and thinking I may splurge on one of these eventually in the next couple of months, if it keeps continuing this way, because I need a brew, um, getting itchy. So we're that's, gonna have to drop some hints to the wife, TJ. I think that's what we're gonna do. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner. We're gonna say, Ash, can you uh, hook a brother up? I, I, I may win one on 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 an online contest. <laughs> Everybody, so uh, you know, folks couldn't anything. see the, the quotation marks that popped up there, but yes, we hope that you will win one online. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, I I was just looking at uh, my notes because that that uh, kind of sparked a thought. Um, Marco, we've got this one slated to be talking about. We're going to talk all about all in one brewing systems uh, later in January. So uh, uh, for those of you out there listening, we're going to go a little deeper uh, into those things. And we've got some guys in the club who are going to uh, give us a little more of an opinion on them since they've been brewing on them uh, for a little while. So yeah, it's uh, kind of funny. Tuned. Yeah. Funny because uh, TJ's brewing style is not the all in one brewing system. So he must be <laughs> watching these guys do it and saying, Holy crap, it works out pretty good. Right. So folks yeah. will learn more about it later, but, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty great. And, and Anvil, if you listen, holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get two they're gonna get a couple of shout outs i think yeah uh so my splurge is a uh counterflow chiller um and specifically uh i'm gonna go with the stainless steel counterflow chiller uh if you're uh crazy about lodo which i am um but uh and some people have different opinions about whether lodo's uh helps or not um i say every little bit helps uh but uh, counterflow chillers um, if you're looking to do new england ipas uh, do multiple temperature um, addition uh, whirlpool additions say uh, adding hops at, at different temperatures to extract different oils um, you know at say 180 then 170 and then 140 or even lower than that um, you're going to need uh, some kind of uh, uh, chiller and whirlpool combo and yeah there's the hydra and some other uh, such devices out there but they're all copper and they're immersion chillers and uh, i like to get the hops flowing all the way around in my kettle make sure there's plenty of contact time for all that oil extraction so stainless steel counterflow chiller uh, i mean you gotta you gotta work really hard to uh, clog one of those puppies up so uh, that's my splurge gift um you can get them for like 160 and then they go up from there all the way up to the crazy accelerators uh those are uh i think up over 250 um some of them have tc fittings some of them are npt um so it's uh whatever uh 
setup you are going for, you can find it out there. All right, Marco, you're last. What's uh, your splurge gift? Yeah, so if it wasn't clear from my last suggestion that... Uh, a, uh, you know, my objective here is to brew better beer and then stressing the importance of good fermentation. Uh, you know, when I started as a home brewer, everything was in plastic. And you've heard a couple of recommendations about folks jumping to stainless steel. And uh, my splurge item is getting yourself into a stainless steel fermenter. And specifically, the Spike Flex Plus. And this is one of those things where it's a uh, buy once, cry once situation because there are a lot of other stainless steel fermenters out there, uh, but they all have some sort of a limitation uh, compared to the Spike Flex Plus. And what I like about uh, you know Spike as a, a company is they basically think about getting you um, commercial grade equipment at the homebrew level. And the Spike Flex Plus specifically um, also, I mean, it's a seven gallon vessel that also doubles up as a bright tank. Can hold up to 15 PSI pressure. You can get it with TC or NPT fittings. And there's a whole slew of accessories that you can build on it. It starts at about 375 bucks brand new. Uh, and you know can definitely rack up pretty quickly when you look at things like uh, the cooling and heating um, add-ons uh, and just all the other, you know, the jacket, uh, leg extensions. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things you can add on there, but it is a awesome commercial grade piece of equipment uh, that is stainless steel that you'll be able to thoroughly clean compared to a plastic bucket and then have the ability to grow within it uh, because some of those other uh, brewing buckets you're, you're not going to be able to use it as a bright tank you won't be able to do closed uh, pressure transfers uh, so this one allows you to do all that stuff uh, and again it, it hurts a little bit to, to pay for it but you won't regret it i have one uh, it's an awesome vessel uh, and, you know, again, it, it puts you in a position to get yourself the most sanitary environment, uh, have total control of your fermentation, uh, and then ultimately brewing better beer. Uh, and that's definitely the goal here. Yeah, that's uh, that was on my Christmas list, Marco, this year. But I uh, I went and splurged on something ri completely ridiculous in the brewing world, and it's not even, um, yeah, it, it's not going to help my brewing of beer any better. But uh yeah, I mean, for those of you out there, I, I bought a beer engine because I'm crazy. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it's crazy because I think a couple of us maybe um, on this podcast may have also gotten them too. But uh, so, so the, the club might um, have a few beer engines uh, floating around for future use. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, thinking back to all the fermenters I gone through before I got myself a spike oh, yeah. flex. Yeah. I wish I would have just done it the first time. Again, I got a lot of other things, and I got a, little, a lot of really great between Spidles or Speedles, however the hell you say it, um, to SS Brew Buckets. But the Spike Flex takes the cake. It's definitely the best piece of equipment. Absolutely. And if you're not ready to uh, splurge on a big conical or something like that, uh, it definitely takes up a little less space, um, countertop type. And, uh, you know, doesn't have that bottom dump valve, so maybe you're not collecting yeast. But uh, uh, honestly, ask anybody with a conical uh, how often they actually collect yeast, and uh, it's probably not that often. I was just going to say, I mean, you guys make really good points. As someone with a background who used to brew a very old school way with uh, igloo cooler and i use buckets for the longest time to be quite honest um it was just recently i switched over to stainless steel um stuff and that's just because um 
I got out of grad school and I can afford this kind of stuff, but I was still producing great beer with very simple stuff. I mean, like I said, I think these gift ideas are great for Christmas presents, but um, you don't need any of these. I mean, they're all, they're all really nice things to have that make your brew days fun. Um, they're nice little uh, toys to play with. Um, but I, I think we should emphasize that, you know, the basics are still there. They're still available. They're still relatively cheap if you just want to brew and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing replaces, good brewing practice yeah all right well guys uh thanks for joining us for this quick homebrew gift special uh next week uh we've got our first ever full christmas show we've got sean and dana they'll be joining us to talk about christmas beers and how our club puts together its annual homebrew advent calendar uh, we'll be going into all the details on that so you can take it back to your homebrew clubs or even just with your friends uh, for next year And that's it for this round. We'll see you next time on Strike, Mash, Boil. The Strike, Mash, Boil podcast is produced by the Merrimack Valley Homebrew Club, an American Homebrewers Association sanctioned club. Follow us on Instagram at MVHBC. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash MVHBC. And check out our website at mvhbc.com. <laughs>